0: Welcome to Thunder Off Script, a podcast for lovers of freedom. In today's episode, I'll tell you why I started this podcast series and ask whether recent political developments point to the rise of a collectivist philosophy of government in the West. The idea behind this podcast series was to bring my training and experience as a political philosopher and my passion for freedom to the analysis of unfolding events, especially events affecting the fate of free and open societies. I had a few negative experiences attempting to develop my ideas and thoughts and share uh, various different types of evidence with my audience. One was with Twitter, which essentially kicked me off um, because they had a political disagreement with me. Another was with YouTube, which I continue to publish on, but which has arbitrarily censored um, several of my videos. And another one was Medium, which is a blog host, which actually took down my very first blog in which I reported on censorship by Twitter. So in light of all of those experiences, I was very, very pleased to find a platform, Substack, in which I was actually free to express my informed opinions without having a sensor breathing down my neck. A second factor that uh, kind of explains why I got into this podcast and blog business was that I wanted to give a voice to people who no longer feel heard or represented by mainstream media. The mainstream media, not all of them, but many mainstream media have essentially become voice pieces for um for governments and for official organizations. They are no longer critical and independent voices. They report what governments want them to report, and they very often ignore perspectives that don't fit in with the official narrative. One example is, of course. The BBC's coverage of anti-lockdown protests, which was um, extremely selective and one-sided in, by comparison with their coverage of, for example, Black Lives Matter protests. Don't forget to check out my blogs and podcasts at davidthunder.substack.com. That's davidthunder.substack. I have argued in some of my videos that we are currently facing the rise of a new philosophy of governance, namely collectivism. So I'd just like to say a few words about what I mean. There are two basic approaches to governance that are mutually incompatible. One is that which has characterized the Western world for a long time um, well, in overall terms, not so long, but certainly for at least for the second half of the 20th century, and that is liberal individualism. Liberal individualism is based on a philosophy of voluntary cooperation between individuals and groups. Individuals and groups freely cooperate in order to achieve their purposes, and government exists in order to facilitate those cooperative relationships. Liberal individualism is premised on a relation of trust between ruler and ruled. The ruler is not there in order to coerce us into acting responsibly, but simply in order to uphold law and order and provide a framework within which individuals can freely and responsibly live their lives. This individualist and voluntarist approach to social order is in stark contrast with another approach, which is illiberal collectivism. Illiberal collectivism advocates a highly collectivized approach to decision-making. Social decisions are concentrated within a centralized authority and are made on behalf of the collective at large. Basically, a highly select political and scientific elite tells people how to solve their problems. Illiberal collectivism is premised on a relation of distrust between rulers and ruled. In particular, it implies that governments do not trust ordinary citizens and ordinary groups of citizens to make responsible decisions to govern their, their own lives. Rather, it assumes that citizens are incompetent to govern their own lives and are generally untrustworthy and therefore require a highly centralized and organized elite, a scientific and political elite, to make their decisions for them on their behalf. To make this all a little more concrete, let me take a few concrete examples. Flu epidemics in the West prior to 2020 were handled based on a model of liberal individualism. Governments existed in order to facilitate free and voluntary cooperation among citizens. What they did was they gave sound medical advice, which citizens were then um, able to adapt to their personal circumstances. The response to flu epidemics prior to 2020 was not based on a command model or a coercive model of governance. Rather, it was based on more of a horizontal model in which groups should take on board the advice of governments and government advisors and adapt that advice to their circumstances. Contrast that liberal individualist approach to public health to the approach that we've seen since 2020. In this latter approach to the COVID-19 pandemic, citizens were subject to extensive and intrusive government coercion over the most, the tiniest aspects of their everyday lives. They were treated as subjects rather than citizens, and sometimes I would say even as children, who must be slotted into a master plan that was thought up by a political and scientific elite, in this particular case by public health scientists and by political rulers. Some of the fruits of this illiberal collectivism in the context of the current pandemic include the regulation of household activities, stay-at-home orders issued against the citizenry at large, draconian restrictions on travel and mobility of healthy populations, enforced border quarantines, the enforced separation of families coercive community masking, and the forced closure of many, many businesses, many of which never recovered. All of these measures are symptomatic of a new philosophy of governance, which is not based on the free cooperation of individual citizens, but rather on a command model of political order in which social problems extremely complex social problems, are solved through social engineering implemented by a political and scientific elite. I don't need to tell you how unsuccessful these efforts at social engineering have been. When you compare countries that had highly draconian and intrusive rules with countries that had a more light-touch approach, such as Sweden and Florida, you don't see Any significant improvement in public health outcomes. Basically, the countries that chose to trust their own citizens did just as good of a job at controlling disease as countries that took a paternalist and distrustful attitude towards their own citizens. Collectivism has a rather dubious historical track record. Examples of illiberal collectivism include Russian communism with its command economy and dehumanizing gulags, Italian fascism, German national socialism, and Venezuelan communism. I don't think I need to make any elaborate argument to show you that these sorts of examples paint a very bleak picture of illiberal collectivism. Is collectivism here to stay? Well, I fear that it may be here to stay for Many years to come, but I'm not a historical determinist. I don't believe that historical outcomes are predetermined by certain social tendencies. I believe in human freedom. I believe in the human spirit. And I believe that we are capable of resisting and turning back this tendency towards collectivism and totalitarianism. Only time will tell if citizens rise up against these illiberal and totalitarian tendencies. That's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. And I look forward to speaking to you on our next podcast.